What's up, what's up, bitches? Today, <laughs> we are joined by Danielle Rule, who I know from Love is Blind Season 2. I'm sure that that's how, you know, at least most people are familiar with you at first, but I'm really excited to chat with you and just get to know more about you today. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and you seem like an open book. Like I follow you on Instagram and you're pretty <laughs> yeah. like transparent with what you say and I love that. Yeah, it's funny. Like I am an open book and it's like even in person, like I feel like something comes to my mind and it just comes out of my mouth. I'm the exact <laughs> same <I> way. <laughs> yeah, we say what we mean. At least people know what they're getting. So, you know, that's nice. Exactly. Like no one has to think about what's on my mind. They'll know. <laughs> 100%. And if not, then like I'm a facial expression kind of girl. So my face is going to give it away mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah. No poker face. <laughs> no poker face. Same. Um, so just like a quick sort of icebreaker getting to know each other. So since I know you from television, do you have any guilty pleasure shows that you're watching right now? You know, I can only like really pay attention to like mysteries. And so I don't know if that's necessarily like a guilty pleasure, but it's like any mystery that I find, I get hooked like immediately. So what, like, are you watching Unsolved Mysteries then on Netflix? Um, I just watched um, The Watcher. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So yeah. I'm watching that right now, and from what I've been told, it ends on, like, a cliffhanger. Would you say it's still, like, a satisfying ending or no? No, not at all, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> no offense to <laughs> right. Netflix. Right, of course, but I hate that. Like, I want to be completely satisfied. I want closure. Like, I want to know what's happening. Yeah, I won't give anything away, but you you don't get closure. So I guess I'm kind of giving <laughs> something away. <laughs> At least I know that ahead of time, though. So, like, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I know what to expect. So I'm definitely yeah. going to watch that. So you're a mysteries kind of girl. Are you going to watch Unsolved Mysteries or skipping that? That's the same thing where there's no, like, if it's unsolved, <laughs> I love Crime Junkie. And I love the ones where they solve it. Cause I like, totally. then I obsess over it and I get on Reddit and I'm like, who do we think it is? Yes. <laughs> like same. I need to know. <laughs> I go down a, um, what is it? A Reddit rabbit hole like that. And it's funny. Like I love podcasts and especially like crime junkies, my favorite one, but I'm a very visual person. So I have to like look up what everyone looks like in order to like, it's very strange. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. Like even the podcast I listen to, like, so I've listened to crime junkie. That used to be my go-to until I got so obsessed that so we'll start with a little bit about Love is Blind. What was your like overall experience on the show? Would you say like positive or negative? You Just know, it was on the show itself. <laughs> it was um, an interesting experience. It just was not at all what I expected. Um, I mean, maybe I should have done more research into what being on a reality show um, entailed during the filming process. Um, I did not. So I was just in, it was quite the surprise, I will say. I totally get that. Um, do you think that you learned a lot about yourself doing the show though? Totally. Yeah. And I think that's like what makes it all worth it is there, there were a lot of difficult times. And even like before the show aired after filming, I was just like in this low 
And then when the show came out, that was only exaggerated because of the way that people perceived me and my mental health. And so then I just started dissecting, you know, every aspect about myself, like watching me be my own worst critic, um, how low I was feeling during that time. I was like, you know, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And so it really, really jump started um, like very intensive therapy, me constantly working on self-worth. I was doing like daily journaling and um, workbooks. And now I feel like I'm in a completely different place than I was a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I'm proud of myself. So at the end of the day, like, that makes it and, and also being able to communicate, you know, my experiences with other people who relate to them. It's very gratifying. Absolutely. And I do think that for any person who would ultimately end up like under a microscope like that, people are going mm-hmm. to pick up on things and like overanalyze them and bring them to the surface. Yeah. And then afterwards you are sort of stuck in a position where you're like okay is this something that i should note and work on or is this something that people are just being hypercritical and this you know is who yeah. i am and, and it's that's probably like a little bit of both yeah because i would ask my psychiatrist like do i have this do i have this do i have this and they're like no danielle like i've been working with you for a very long time like your diagnosis isn't going to change based on what the internet's saying um and there's still people who even in a positive way, we'll be like, I have this too. And it's like, I have publicly spoken out about my quote unquote diagnosis. And I know there's no like blood tests that you can do. Um, and, and a lot of people aren't coming from a bad place, but it's still like frustrating because it's like, I have a therapist, I have a psychiatrist. I know I've been working on this for my entire life. And so it does still get frustrating, even if people aren't like using it as an insult. Absolutely. it's And it's super hard. I think that a lot of people lose like sight of the fact that like you are just like a regular human being like you may have had your life on netflix like for others to see but like at the end of the show like you're back to your normal life and you're still seeing comments and hearing people's opinions of you um and to tune that out i think that you and shane like i do want to comment i think that you guys both really like got harsh critical opinions of you, you know, like people were, Mm -hmm. people were saying stuff about his mental health, um, you know, different accusations and nobody knows what they would be like. Like I've, like I've already said, like no one knows what they would act like on the shows. I'm sure that I would get a hundred diagnoses for like something wrong with me. And you know, mostly it's just, you can't predict how you're going to act in a certain moment. Um, and I'm sure it's awkward with cameras on you too, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And stuff that's being said that's not necessarily aired or by cast members, you know, it gets in your head. But that actually, that's something that, you know, Shane and I sympathize with each other because I am like close with all the girls and we all had entirely different experiences. And, you know, they, they empathize and sympathize with me, even though they didn't go through it. But you really don't know what that feels like unless it's happening to you. And we did have that conversation right. where it's like, you know, it's, it's an entirely different situation. And, um, like even, you know, in my relationship, like I feel like we were both, you know, perceived very differently and got, um, I think I was attacked a lot more. And so it's hard to relate to anyone else. Um, so that was something that we've discussed. And it's like, no one knows what's going on in people's lives outside of um, what they're what they're seeing. And during filming, there were so many other things that, that had happened that, you know, were very, very stressful times in my family, like very stressful. 
And everyone thinks that every behavior is solely based on the relationship because that's all they focus on. But I think people forget like, this is still our lives. Like, yes, we're filming for a portion of the day, but we're still dealing with work, family. Um, You know, I had someone like pass away in my family that was during that time period. And it's just like, people don't care. They don't, they don't realize it. And, you know, I've watched reality shows and I, you know, I never really thought about that either until I was kind of catapulted into it. And I think that was like a similar story with Shane. Like he had something happen right before filming. And it's just like, no one really knows but it's also a way that it impacts your psych um during filming after the show airs um etc i don't know if you'll if you'll be able to answer this but i kind of just thought of it so i I would like to ask like do you have any issues like with production or like filming like do you kind of wish that they had just been a little bit more graceful or like, you know, gracious in like how they oh, yeah. edited things because it's, om- they could have done a better job of not setting you, you, each of you up for that, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like, and I want the one thing that I've publicly sp- like spoke out about is the, the panic attack. I think most of the other things I need to keep my mouth shut on, but that was one thing where I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to speak out about that because right. it was like the fakest thing in the entire world. Like not only like the way that they edited it, like all of it. And seeing them take advantage of me having an, a panic attack to uh, per, like fit a narrative was in my opinion, disgusting, like disgusting. Right. I, right. you know, and I'm, it's something that I'm actually trying to work on getting past and I have a little bit, but that's a really sensitive subject to, for me that I'm actually working on, you know, in therapy and stuff because I need to stop obsessing over it. But it's just like, I cannot believe that. Like it's, 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 it's really wrong to take advantage of people when they're having a vulnerable moment. And I, I couldn't agree with you more that that's just so, that's just such disgusting behavior. And like I said, it's not gracious at all to the people who are on the show. Like you, there's no thought to what that's going to do to them, their own thought of themselves or what other people think of them seeing it afterwards. And them trying to paint it in a picture that I was jealous. Like I'm not a jealous person. Right. I had a panic attack for an entirely unrelated reason to what they showed. And I'm like, you're really going to use, make it seem like I'm going to have a panic attack over Nick talking to someone in production again, I just, I find that like, just like disgusting. Like I, I, like there's no empathy there, you know? Right. I think a lot of people were curious, you know, like how involved production really is in the show. A lot. Are you able to say like, if you guys were paid to come on the show? There's like a lot of people are, yeah. So many people are asking, like we weren't, we weren't paid. You get like a, like if some people have to like, you know, quit their jobs or the stipend so that you're not, you know, um, having to struggle even more while going through the process. You don't, you don't get paid. And then a lot of people assume that there was a incentive for the couples to stay together for a certain time period. No, um, it wasn't in our contracts. You don't get paid more. Um, but a lot of people are assuming that because of the, the timing of both of the relationships ending, but it's like, no, that's just coincidence. Yeah. And that, that brings up like a good solid, like next thing I wanted to bring up is for season two, pretty much, not pretty much every single couple ultimately, you know, does end up splitting. Um, so I, I don't know if 
production was like more involved with the second season it it sort of seems that way just because it was a little less authentic than the first season um and maybe that was the detriment you know to what happened to like the couple's relationships them being so involved but i know that we won't touch too much on that at all yeah Um, yeah I have a lot of like, I'm like, huh, I wonder if it was this, if it was this, but you know, hindsight's 2020, but yeah, I do like how one of the things that you've said on social media recently, you know, like after your split is that social media, it really is a place where people are coming to post the happy, you know, like nobody can look at another person and gauge where they are mentally just based Mm -hmm. on what they're posting, because you're not going to come to social media and post the breakdowns. It's just going to be the highlights of your day. Yeah. Yeah. And And again, that's why I think it's important to be transparent because in the past I've been scarred from social media thinking that, you know, everyone's happier than me and everyone has a better life than me. And so even though there are certain things that I'm not, you know, I'm still not going to pose, like I try to be as transparent as, as possible about some of the other things that I'm experiencing. And it's not all rainbows and butterflies, just so, you know, I'm not doing what happened to me, you know, growing up and just seeing like perfection everywhere. And that's so much more needed and appreciated than mm-hmm. you even know. Like there are so many people that are just like dying for that, like, realness and like that ability to connect with someone who still um you know appears like confident successful able to do things but they do have stuff going on behind the scenes that they're working through and that's saying i don't know how to be an influencer like i i had to get a tiktok because of all of this so it's like i'm not a content creator i'm not good at making things aesthetically pleasing um it's very impossible for me not to be myself and so it's like you know if people stick with me, it's because they're going to relate with me. If they don't, by all means, like, you know, that's not what I'm worried about. Um, I, really, I don't know what I'm doing on social media other than just like being myself, but people do appreciate that, as you said. Yeah, same. And, and you know, that's what I get followers for. Like, um, even a TikTok I did recently, I totally like fucked it up. Like I said, like I, I was trying to like recap this show and I and I messed it up like what like a hundred percent. And I'm a one take kind of girl and I say things so confidently I can convince anybody <laughs> what I'm saying. Maybe like look it up, see it could be true. Um but yeah, no, <laughs> like that. I'm getting I got roasted in the comments because it's just one take, what you see is what you get like super real. Like, I don't know how to be anything else, but, but myself as well. I connect with that. Do you feel like social media has like overall had like a negative impact on how, like the standard that we hold ourselves to as a society? Oh, completely, completely. And that's why I try to not do that. Like there are certain things, like, for example, like in any relationship, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, hey, like we're fighting today. So there are certain things where it's like, you know, those are certain instances like me and my friend are in a fight um, that it's just like it doesn't make sense to share. So like, oh, it seems so perfect. But like, come on, like those kind of things. But in terms of like me, like I'm having a hard day and here's why. And, you know, stuff like that, um, you know, there's there's like, you know, a teeter totter. But I think I think totally like even just like I used to never not face tuna picture, never. Um, and like, it wasn't literally until I started having a following that I was like, no, like you, you can't do that. Like you can't be hypocritical because you seeing that from other people or you seeing these like 
a body that you're never going to get, you know, um, that's right. fine. And I've come to terms with that. So I want to make sure that, you know, all of my stuff is just like straight up. Like real. I like that. And I appreciate that. Like I said, I think that that's so easy to connect with because there's so much fakeness and you, to the point where I, I genuinely can't even tell the difference my own self. Like I know that girls used to like roast mm-hmm. men for not being able to tell between a girl who like is, looks pretty fake and who is just natural. Mm-hmm. But now I can't tell either. I'm like, I don't know if this is real yeah. or not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I think it's getting better and better. And like that 2020 trend of like, get ready with me a day in my life, what I eat in a day. That was so bad for me. Like I, I was sure that that's really how everybody's days were going. And I was like, I need to like change my entire everything, everything I eat, everything I do. Um, it's not compatible to the rest of the world. Yeah. It's like, I get sucked into these trends and I'm like, Danielle still, you're over here yeah. trying to say they tell everyone else that they shouldn't, but I'm like, oh, if I eat this, I'm going to be happier or skinnier or this or this or this. Totally. And then I'm like, you're not going to do a juice cleanse, Danielle. You're not. Stop kidding yourself. You don't want to drink the celery juice, Danielle. Just chill. Have a bagel. <laughs> yeah. So how has like going to therapy like kind of changed, you know, your life for you or your mindset like because I just to be transparent I would love to start therapy like I'm a psych major um but I've never gone to therapy and I think it's something that everybody could benefit from yeah it's almost like school to learn about yourself and I ever since I've been in therapy I have become a better version of myself because you know you get different perspectives of like you know, you were wrong in this situation and here's how you can grow from it. Or here's how something in the past impacted the way that you see the present. And so, or if there's certain situations that you're going through that are extremely difficult, understanding better coping mechanisms, you're not just sitting there, you know, obsessing. Because that's something that I have a problem doing is if I'm sad, like I sit and obsess over it. Um, And so learning ways to not do that or indulging in other things that make you happy that kind of distract you from that, so you're not obsessing over, but also still letting you feel. Um, that's been beneficial. And there were a lot of repressed memories that I had in the past that I didn't realize still impacted me today. And this is actually something that I'm really working on right now. Um, the way that I, you know, pers- like there could even be a person with a name that's triggering um, for me. And it's like, that's not fair for that person with that name. But sometimes there are triggers that you don't necessarily understand until you really dissect them. And it's almost like, I don't know if you know that meme with the detective and like the little like lines going everywhere, but that's really how it is. It's like feeling and then aligned to like a circle where it's like event. And then it's like to this and to this. And I'm like, oh my God, it's all making sense now. So I'm like working through things one by one. You know, that makes a lot of sense. So from what I gather, like what what scares me the most is you need to be ready to hear that information. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that, that's the part that I'm a little bit nervous about because it is a yeah. lot of self-inflection, but I want the end result of all the bubbles connecting so that when things happen that trigger me, I'm able to react yep. differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that everyone, like, our... like we were just saying, would benefit from going. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something I wish they taught in school. Like, and not necessarily just like, okay, like here's like this type of therapy, this type of therapy. Here's the definition of depression and anxiety at a younger age because 
it's something that impacted me when I was really young and I had no freaking clue why, you know, what, why I was feeling the way that I did. And I'm like, I wonder if there was like a better class growing up that, you know, just taught it not only for the people who are feeling a certain way, but for those who don't understand so that they can be more empathetic. Um, especially after getting attacked by everything. I'm like, man, come on. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it seems like it seems like they should also teach potentially like how to deal with those feelings because I know I've noticed mm-hmm. that journaling oh, yeah. has really helped you, um, but like how yep. do you journal? You know what I mean? Like I don't even know how to do that. I'm so I'm so anxious that I wouldn't know if I'm journaling correctly. Yeah, I, trust me, I feel that um, because I remember my therapist would be like journal, 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 and I was like, what does that mean? Am I going to like write a diary? Um, right. And so. I I started with guided workbooks. So I would just get on Amazon and my therapist would give me certain types of um, specific therapies based on what we would talk about. So CBT therapy and DBT therapy is something that benefited me. And so there's these guided workbooks of like, okay, you're going to, you're going to, you know, fill out this chapter today. And then tomorrow you fill out this chapter. And I found those incredibly beneficial because I only see a therapist once a week. Um, I wish I could see one every day, but like, you know, it's difficult to find the time or a therapist that can do that. And so kind of having these guided workbooks alongside therapy, and then I can talk with them, you know, talk to my therapist and be like, Oh, my God, I just had this aha moment. Um, While going through this workbook, I remember, I did this self love workbook, again, like rewatching myself, um, being my own worst enemy on the show, I'm like, I need this, like, why do I feel that way? And so while I was going through it, I realized there are so many other instances that are way, um, Deep, more deeply rooted than appearance or weight that really, really impacted my self-worth. And I was like, oh my God, here I thought it was this the entire time, but there are so many other elements that, you know, went into that and then I worked on them. I think that I need a workbook. I think that that would be a really easy way to, I love them. not easy, but like, I think that that would be a good way to start, you know, like yeah. going through that finding a therapist once a week. I mean, that's doable too. I was honestly picturing therapists requiring like three times a week, like how physical therapy does. So that no. does make it seem more doable. Right. And there are some people who like are able to see one more. There are times where I saw one every day. Um, but you know, I, it's typically once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I think everyone will benefit <laughs> from that information. It looks like also you've been really healthy lately and like I used to be um, like overweight. So like I don't always love being told that I look healthy, but like in the, in the <laughs> best in the best sense though, like you look like you like possibly may have lost weight since the show came on too. Like you just look so and maybe you haven't, but you just look so glowing. Like you just look healthy inside. Thank you. Um, so I think one thing is, that's interesting is, is I mean, my weight fluctuates a lot. Like even like 20 pounds, like in a year, like up and down. And, and sometimes it's more noticeable than not because I'm taller. Um, but my anxiety and depression really impacts the way that I eat. And sometimes I'm so anxious, it impacts my stomach that I'll literally like throw up when I try. And, it, and it's not like, you know, and, and believe me or anything of that nature, it just like my, it literally like physically impacts me so much um, if I'm like hyper, hyper, hyper anxious. And so, I mean, on social media, of course, I get the comments, you gain weight, you're too skinny. And the, and the entire time I'm like, my BMI is normal, no, like at both of these. Um, but I was really stressed during the show and it was just like, we were working full time, filming full time. And 
I, I actually gained 20 pounds while filming. And so our pod time was cut short, but I, so I am a lot thinner um, than during the majority of the show. But when I actually went on the show, I was the same weight as I am now. I have lost weight. Like I have lost 20 pounds since, since filming, but I also gained that during filming. And a lot of people don't recognize that they're like, she got like surgery. She got like, everyone thinks I got like plastic surgery or some sort of thing for my double chin. It's like, no, actually one, I know my angles better. I still have it. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's You're here. Right. Um, Same. Yeah, it's like, I just know how to, you know, take my own pictures better. Um, and then, but again, like I, my weight fluctuates, I gained weight during the show. I didn't get plastic surgery or do anything differently. I just, you know, my weight goes up and down and it really impacts my face. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. Um, I fluctuate. I go up and down. Like for me, I I lost like 80 pounds at one point and I felt like a lot of people, yeah, like it was years ago, but still I'm like happy that I was able to like keep it off, you know? Um, but for me, like people treated me so differently when I was like, quote unquote, heavy versus when I was society's um, standard of thin. Do you feel like you have ever experienced that as well? Only with men. Um, I I think like the, I was um, my heaviest in high school and also, um, because it's teeter-tottered, I um, was my heavy, like I was heavy in high school. I had an eating disorder my sophomore year of college, gained 70 pounds back. Um, my first job post-college and you know I think because no one knew me like from college to my first job no one judged me I was the only one judging myself but in college I remember I would go back to my hometown and the guys that I went to high school with would treat me incredibly different like no woman would but it's just like oh really now you're gonna want to have a conversation with me or you know message me on Facebook you know no like you wouldn't give me the time of day in high school Right. It's like, fuck off. I went through the exact same experience, you know, where it it wasn't really women, um, but it was men. Like, and especially my high school, it was the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. Like people from high school, I mean, they they didn't even really look in my direction. Um, And then, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're talking to me or they're treating me different or commenting on my posts. And it's just... It's like, I felt like such a loser when I was in high school. Um, Not, and granted, I had like a high school boyfriend, but every girl still wants attention in high school. Like you still want to feel like the pretty girl. And I remember I never did. Like I always felt like overweight and like the the chunky girl in the group. Um, And having that like 180, like totally, it's like, you suck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... One question that I wrote down that people asked me about on my Instagram and that I got this a couple of times was, do you think that you had a type, quote unquote, like going into the show and after the show, do you think that what you look for is a little bit different? In um, That's a good question. That's a good question. So part of the reason that I went on the show is because I have a person. This is, yeah, this is interesting. So I have a... I had a personality type. So it wasn't like a physical type. It was a personality type. And I don't know if it's because like I was insecure, but like I would go for the loudest guy in the room. Like, 
if you put my ex-boyfriends into a lineup and you looked at them, there'd be like, there's literally no consistency here. Like, like completely different. But then if you turned off the lights and heard them talk, you'd be like, okay, here's the consistency. So I was literally just going, like, my type was douchebags, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, like, you wearing a flat bill and like a Bulls jersey. Um, and then, like, obviously in the pods, I fell in love with someone who was entirely different. And I'm real. I realized, like Danielle, like grow up. You don't have to go for the the douchebags anymore. So it is like right. it is. It has changed. Like in the older I get, I just you know, it's it's more so like maturity and the way that they treat me versus just being like the loudest and it you know popular and, it's, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I I understand that too because when you, when you explained it that way, when you are insecure, the last thing you want is the spotlight on yourself. So being with someone who's comfortable with taking that, that energy off of you and who's like, they're essentially always stealing your shine. It's okay though. You know what I mean? Because it's not like you really like want to participate in that moment anyways at the time. So they, they can be your, like, you can live vicariously through them almost a little bit. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love the fact that maybe now you'll be interested, like, cause you have an eccentric personality too. You know what I mean? So like you can easily like spice up a guy who's very mellow and like, like never doing anything. Like, I feel like you would be really great for him, like a yin and yang combination going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it, there's a yeah, balance yeah. too. It's like, I can, and they can, you know, and then we can get here. Exactly. Because also that's so true. Like speaking with you right now, you are so like chill and you did have, and you were chill on the show too. It's not that you weren't, it's Mm -hmm. just that you made me laugh so much because like the stuff that you (laughs) did was just like, you you remind me of like an Aquarius, like I'm an Aquarius and like, you just have that similar like personality. Like we're just, (laughs) we're like one of a kind, we're unique. Yeah. And that's, that's like one of the things that's like a blessing and the curse of the show is because I do have like a, quirky, weird, like, you know, I think fun and funny personality. But again, like people see it on the show and they assume that I'm like some idiot. And I'm like, and that's one thing where it's like, I like, I pride myself in my intelligence. I pride myself in my career. And then like, you know, again, like there's all these people online where it's like, oh yeah, she's not classy. She's stupid. She's this. And it's like, how do you know that? Like, I'm not like, and also, like, I I have such an issue with that because I think it really pegs women into being, like, in such a small box. And, like, yep. even, like, let's say, like, a professional, like, she, like, a doctor goes on a show. That does not mean that in every scene she's going to be the quietest in the room, the most elegant. Sometimes even yep. doctors are going to be, like, provocative or come unhinged, yell at someone like get lit like it just happens like nobody is their career like it's everybody's multifaceted well i think that that was another interesting thing is one of the scenes that wasn't shown is filming um like the friends meeting so like like meeting my friends and me meeting his friends and i think that they wanted it to make it seem like my friends were all immature and this and this but my friends are like they are doctors like they are lawyers and so it's like, just because we have fun doesn't mean that we're not intelligent. Like, so, and that, that was like, like, that's probably why it was never shown is like, 
we are very successful and we have fun. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? I think that's going to be really fun for people to hear too, because like, like we just said, like you can be super intelligent and still want to hang out with like, I have some friends that are such degenerates and I love them for that. Like, I love them for the fact that when they're at work, they have a work personality and outside of work, they're just Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, oh yeah, here she comes. Like, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What is next for you? Like kind of getting near the end. Like, what are you like planning? Like what, what would you like to promote? Like having like a like a couple moments to speak, like give us an idea of what's new. It's, it's so overwhelming right now. Um, cause I don't even know, like I'm so <laughs> like, I am a creative person. I work in a creative industry and I have so many ideas, but it's like, you can't do all of them at once. And so, I mean, I am focusing on growing in my career. That's what I went to college for. I didn't, you know, spend my whole life hoping to, you know, get married and divorced on a reality TV show. But, um, so I'm like, that is one thing I'm focusing on is, is making sure that I don't let, you know, some of the new attention, like steer me away from what I've worked my entire life for. Um, I still do want to get my MBA, but I also am going to continue using um, my platform to promote different like mental health charities or information and spread awareness of that. Um, I know I've been working on songwriting because I mean, I call it excerpts from my journal, but they really are. Um, from the ages of 15 till now. And I just have been releasing them again, not, I'm not never going to be a singer. Like I, I can hold a tune. Um, but you know, that's, I like writing. Um, but it's not like I went to a songwriting school. It's just like, I, I posted one song and the amount of people like a chorus to a song. They were like, how can I listen to this? I relate to this. Um, and then I recorded the first one that I wrote when I was 15 and there's been multiple people who are like, I listened to this on repeat because it's how, like right now I'm going through a really hard time and I listened to it on repeat. And then the second one I did and I got like the same responses where it's like, whoa, I've never related to something more in my life. And so that's why I'm doing it because it is like, it's therapeutic for me to work on music because I'm a big music person. The fact that it's also therapeutic for others to listen to it is why like, I'm going to continue recording. Um, and then I also, there's a funny podcast I want to do. I'm trying to find the time to do it. It's, um, that I'm really excited for. It's like, I'm still coming up with a name, but I literally already have like my first episode. <laughs> so it's like, oh. yeah. um, yeah. So, um, I'm trying to balance like work, music, podcast. Um, it, but it's not even going to necessarily be a podcast. It's more going to be like a YouTube thing. Um, still trying to figure that out, but it's talking about like crazy experiences that I've gone through and like, I'm going to have some other girls from the show on it and, you know, other shows and my friends being like, you know, is it me? Is it you? Like, <laughs> am I the crazy one in this situation? Am uh, I the problem? So it's, yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly. It's like, I'm not the problem. Right. Um, and so it's kind of like just going back and forth with whoever the co-host is that week on like me telling a story, then telling a story and then, kind of I love it. I think that might be you. (laughs) No, I really love that is such a fun idea. I think that that's going to be so fun to watch. I'll be like definitely staying tuned. And like I was I was going to say what's it called? But like you already said you don't have a name yet. So I'll stay tuned. Yeah, because like, you know, it's kind of like the original. It's like, I don't want to use the word crazy. So it's something like that. Like I was going to do like, am I crazy? I was like, you know what, that kind of goes against what I stand for. So that's why like, I have a couple good options. But 
I'm still working with. Um, actually, one of my producers that I became friends with on the show is working with me on that. And I'm like, what should we do? Yay. Well, I'm super excited yeah. to see what comes to fruition with that. And like you said, I love that you're using your platform still, you know, to promote mental health and do what you mm-hmm. can to like make sure that there's enough awareness. What is it? Because I, I don't think that I know. What did you go to college for? Like, what is your actual job title? Advertising. And I'm a social, I'm a associate director of digital investment. Okay. So a lot of stuff that I probably would not know what it is. Yeah, um, I can't. I yeah. Um, I work for. (laughs) I work for a large on a large CPG brand, um, and it's essentially um, kind of like negotiating and planning um, their media investments, as well as like analytics and reporting. Um, So, I I spend a lot of my day in Excel, which people probably wouldn't recognize. I'm Excel wow. Wave, actually. Wow. <laughs> you mm-hmm. should teach a class. I'm not an Excel Excel whiz. It's actually so Oh, hard. I did. <laughs> at, my, at one of my jobs, I did. I was like, oh, my God, guys, you guys are taking forever. I'm going to teach you some shortcuts. <laughs> oh, I love that. So you are actually really good at that. Yeah. So this shows like such an interesting side of you. Like I was saying in the beginning, I think that people are really going to get to know more about who you actually are because mm-hmm. you're so intelligent, like put together, like like good head on your shoulders and, you know, emotionally aware. I think that it, that's so not shown enough on the show. Like people's mm-hmm. actual personalities was kind of kept out of the loop. Oh yeah. I mean, every single person is multifaceted and for everyone, they focused on like, you know, one core element of a personality. It wasn't just me. Um, and there's certain people where I'm like, Oh my God, I wish we could have seen how silly this person is or, you know, this, of this person, but you know, that's just the name of the game. There's not enough time to do that or it's not interesting to be like Danielle Smart watch her doing herself yeah. right <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> that makes sense but at least people get to know you after and you have a big enough yeah. following now um but I'm so glad that we got together to connect on this and I can't wait for people yeah. to listen to the episode tell everyone where to find you like what is your Instagram handle Dnell rule um, okay. D-N-E-L-L, rule. Um, that's essentially my name for everything if you ever want to find me anywhere. so Perfect. And so <laughs> when easy. your YouTube's up, it's probably going to be under D-N-E-L rule. Yes. Danielle rule. Perfect. So I, I actually okay. have my YouTube up and I've been posting some of my songs on there. So oh, I good. have like a couple of videos. Yeah on YouTube. So I think you just searched my name and the, the first one that shows up is one of the songs. I actually just did that recently, not to like act like a fool of myself. I can't remember what I was trying to find. But. <laughs> yeah, no. So everybody go look, go look her up on Instagram, follow her on Instagram and on YouTube. Stay tuned for all of the fun stuff. I'm glad that you mentioned your songwriting because I can't wait to see what comes from that as well. I think that's a really exciting and creative outlet for you and a good path to be going yeah. down. Yeah, it just aligns with the journaling that I'm doing. Like I remember the other day I was journaling and I wrote something down and I think metaphorically I'm like, and I can come up with an entire song based on just like one, you know, paragraph of what I was journaling in the day. And if you take one thing out of this podcast, I hope that it's journaling and mental health is really important. Those are like yes. two things that, I think <laughs> that we talked about the most. Yeah. And, and that's another thing is just like, if there are people who are interested in, in a lot, like I talk about mental health a lot and just the different things. Like I've grown so much since, you know, I was eight or since high school and I share my growth 
um, my tactics. So, or like the things that I've done. And so that's, you know, I'll never stop doing that. And so if people are interested in, you know, I always respond to messages too. So if people, you know, have questions, I'm there. Yes. And also if people listen to this episode and they love it, message us with feedback and tell us, you know, which pieces you connected with, because I'm sure that we would both love to hear that. Yeah, I would love that. Thank all of you for listening to this week's episode. As we just said, make sure to reach out to us with some feedback so that we know how much you guys loved this episode and what parts resonated with you guys. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with anyone who's watched Love is Blind and would want to hear some tea. But more importantly, this is a super powerful and positive episode. I listened to the whole thing back before, you know, I obviously post this and I took away so many positive mindset tips from talking with Danielle and it gives such a different way of looking at how to take care of yourself. So share this with someone who can benefit. And as always, make sure to subscribe, follow on Spotify, and head over to TikTok and Instagram too, at Positively Uncensored, to see some clips of this interview. Love you all and can't wait until next week's episode.